This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made For This podcast. Why would he go to the trouble of being born in a manger and growing up as a child and suffering loss and pain throughout his life and ultimately losing his life for us? Why would he go to all that trouble if we could have just obeyed the law and made it work ourselves? Jenny's new book, Untangle Your Emotions, is available now for pre-order. So go to any retailer and search Untangle Your Emotions by Jenny Allen. And we will also put the link in the show notes. You can go to untangleyouremotions.com and pre-order from your favorite retailer. Galatians 2, 19 through 21. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. These are some of the most important verses in the Bible because it sets a whole different category of a way to live for a believer. Up until this point in the Jewish religion, there had been hundreds and added to it thousands of laws that to be a strong Jew, to be a religious zealot, you had to obey all these laws. You had to obey all these rules. And there were so many of them. And that is what many people spent most of their life thinking about and trying to do because they believed that God was real and they loved God. And the way to please God was this set apart holy life that the Old Testament had laid out in clarity with small laws about how to take care of their dishes and big laws about not sleeping with your neighbor's wife. All of that equaled a little bit of panic because you you never really knew if you'd kept enough laws. I think there were some that would be described as Pharisees or Sadducees that when Jesus came, he described them as whitewashed tombs meaning that they really believed that they were doing everything right on the outside. And it appeared that they were doing everything right on the outside, but they were more concerned about keeping all the laws than they were in loving God and loving people. And gosh, this is convicting because really human nature goes this way every time. Either we think we can keep the law and we can accomplish it and therefore become an awesome person in everybody else's sight and in God's sight. And we arrive at a very arrogant place where we have accomplished something for God or because of God or in the name of God. But scripture says something terrifying in another place. It says, many of you will do things in my name, but you never knew me. You will prophesy in my name, that you will heal in my name, all of these things in my name, but you never knew me. And so Jesus is, is talking about an altogether different way than, than what has existed in the past up until now. There was a law, and honestly, it, it talks about the law being a gift. Romans 3 talks about that through the law comes knowledge of sin. And the idea that the law was a gift was that we could never accomplish it all. There were so many little laws. Nobody could. In fact, all have sinned, it says, 
and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have, have missed the mark. We have not obeyed all of the laws that would cause us to be perfect before God. Maybe you know that. Maybe you don't. Maybe you thought you could. And I'm so sorry because that is an exhausting way to live. And let me, in fact, do not go anywhere because let me shift this for you. It will change everything for you. That there is a different way to live. Christ died for our sin because we could never measure up. It took God himself in the form of Jesus Christ coming to earth to live a perfect and sinless life. It took that. That was the only way. There was no body that was sinless except for Jesus Christ. And so he did it and then he paid for our sins so that our lack of righteousness could be made right, that our lack of holiness could be made holy because he put his righteousness on us. So this this whole new concept requires a lot of language from the New Testament writers because they're trying to reframe everything for all of these Jewish believers who have only known learning and trying to obey the law all their life. But that is so many of us. So many of us, our experience of God has been trying to measure up and make him happy and make sure that, that he's okay with us. Paul is going to say, listen, when Jesus came, it changed everything. So let me give you a whole new way to look at your life. Instead of being a slave to the law, it says in verse 19, for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. Meaning I put to death that way of life. I laid down trying to measure up. I, I'm not going to do it anymore. It's not possible. And in doing that, I actually found my life. I actually found the way I was meant to live, that I was meant to live for God, not to check all these boxes and to measure up to the law, but I was meant to live in relationship with and for God. And because of that exchange of his righteousness so that I could be right, of his holiness so that I could be pure and blameless and holy, because of that exchange, now I am all in. I want to live for God. I want to enjoy that freedom that he has paid for for me. I want to live into the fullness of pleasing him because he did so much for me. So I have been crucified with Christ. I went down and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The exchange was mysterious and it was bigger than just forgiveness of sins. It says that now he lives in us and with us. Now that is a confusing statement. I think some of our language around that has been horrible. So let me theologically unpack it for you. He sent the spirit to live with us, to help us, to be our helper, to be our counselor. And now it is him who lives in us, living out the obedience that we could not do in our own flesh, living out the kindness and peace and joy that we could not live out in ourselves, And ultimately, that spirit is reflecting Christ. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. I literally put my being inside of his approval and his plan for me. So the exchange of relationship now is that God is going to live and help me live for him. So the unique thing, I remember being in seminary and we walked through all the things that happen at the moment of salvation. And it's big theological words like sanctification, justification, all these words, they mean something different. And each one of those things all happen at the same time. The moment that you took your life and placed it and surrendered it to Jesus, gave him your life, this exchange and all of these powerful things happened at that exact moment. You were justified. You were sanctified. You're now in a whole new frame with God. You are now a child of God. 
And all of these things happen the moment that you are secure in Christ and that you trust him. It's unbelievable. Now, working that out, you know, we we have a lot more of the scripture happen and is written because working it out is a constant battle. Paul talks about killing his flesh and living by the spirit and that whole work of figuring that out. It takes a while. It doesn't just happen overnight, but it's possible overnight. All of a sudden you're giving the power to do it overnight. You're given the spirit and the ability to do it. And he goes on to say in verse 21, I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. He's saying, do you think you're going to do enough to eventually please God? Or do you understand that he would have never died for you? The cross would have been meaningless if we could do it ourselves. We couldn't do it ourselves. We couldn't do it ourselves. The whole Old Testament is meant to show. The law is meant to show. The gift of the law is that it points out that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It points it out. We can't miss it. It says in Romans that the knowledge of our sin is made clear to us through the law because we know we can't measure up to all that. I cannot even believe that I'm about to say this, but we have been dying to tell you about Jenny's new book, that we just announced last week called Untangle Your Emotions. Now, if you are new to Jenny, you need to go read, get out of your head, find your people while you wait. But if you're not, I am telling you every single book I say this, I'm like, Untangle Your Emotions is the best one to date. Jenny unpacks the most simple, straightforward, flexible plan for us to feel our feelings and to communicate our feelings, to connect with others and God through our feelings. This may be one of the most important books that you could ever read. So listen, we're going to have so many more things to share with you guys about the book different ways to uh, come along the journey these next couple weeks. We always make book club guides. We create all kinds of free resources for you to read the book and have groups. So uh, February's right around the corner, y'all. So organize your book club now and get ready. And if you want to pre-order the book, retailers will match the lowest price between now and when the book comes out. And so sometimes, sometimes, I'm not promising, the book ends up on your front porch maybe the day before it comes out sometimes. I've seen it happen. You can go to untangleyouremotions.com. All kinds of information, a book trailer, and so many more things coming. If you've ever read or studied where Jesus starts to talk about the Ten Commandments, and, and he says, you've heard it said that you shouldn't basically sleep with your neighbor. I would say if you even look on your neighbor's wife, then you have committed adultery. He he sets this whole new bar in the Sermon of the Mount of, oh gosh, it's not just that you don't sleep with your neighbor's wife. It's that you don't even think about your neighbor's wife. It's not just that you don't commit murder. It's that you don't even think about murdering someone else. That's the new standard he sets. And why would he do that? That feels mean. That also feels impossible. And that's the point. It is impossible. We are supposed to understand theologically that it is impossible for us to get to God. God had to get to us. That apart from God, we cannot save ourselves. He had to do it. And why would he have done it if we could have measured up? If we could have done it ourselves, why would he go to the trouble of being born in a manger and growing up as a child and suffering loss and pain throughout his life 
and ultimately losing his life for us. Why would he go to all that trouble if we could have just obeyed the law and made it work ourselves? Guys, you can't. It's the most freeing thing in the world. You'll never measure up. I know that sounds depressing, but it is actually the best news you have ever heard because you get to quit trying. And you get to exchange your life for Christ's life. That was the miracle and the mystery of what happened on the cross is that there was an exchange. He died for us. He didn't die for himself. He was sinless and blameless, a perfect lamb. So he didn't have to die for himself. He exchanged and took on our sin and died in our place. And that paid for our sins. And it's the best news that you'll ever hear. And so that exchange is meant to be life-giving and freeing. It's meant to say that we died to the law. We died to the trying to measure up. We died to trying to make this life work. We died to trying to make God proud. We died to that life. And we pick up a new life where we stand before God in confidence, not because of our works, but because of the finished and final work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So freeing, so freeing, whole different way to live. You get to confess your sin whenever you struggle because you don't have to measure up. You get to share how you, you wrestled even today in loving your kids or struggling with lust or pornography. You get to say it because there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. We get to live free. And yes, we will still struggle, but man, we don't want to. We don't want to because we want other people to know God. And so we don't want our sin to be what people know about us. We want to show them the finished and powerful work of God in our life. We want to show them Christ in our life because that exchange was made. That's what I want. I want you to see God in my life. So if anything is causing you to see something besides God, to see selfishness, to see bitterness, to see pride, if anything is making you see my sin instead of my God, that's a problem because I want to display this exchange that has happened. It's a reality for me. And I want it to, to express itself constantly. So today, if you are hearing this for the first time or realizing it maybe for the first time that you have been living under the bondage of the law and you have been trying to do it all right and you are exhausted, this day, this day, I want you to trust Jesus as your savior, as the one that rescued you from not only your sin, but from the law, from trying to measure up every single day. And to do that, all you have to do is to say these words, Jesus, I need a savior. I want to be set free from my sin. I want to be set free from this exhausting life of never measuring up. And I believe that you're the final payment for sin, that what you did on the cross for me paid for that sin. And I can rest in you and have a relationship with you. And I want that exchange to happen. I want your righteousness. I want your freedom. I want your joy and peace and patience and kindness. And I want that exchange. And so God, would I choose you day after day, not just today, but I know whether I do or not, that you love me. You have paid for my sin, past, present, and future. That's all. That's trusting Jesus Christ. That is the exchange. If you just pray that, we wanna hear about it. There's a text number in the notes below. And would you just tell us, I prayed that prayer today. We would love to hear that. And we would love to reach out and encourage you. In closing, I'll say this. I love how Oswald Chambers, he wrote one of my very favorite devotionals that I have kept beside my bed for years and years and years. My utmost for his highest. If you do not have it, I strongly recommend it. It has discipled me again and again and again. 
And he writes this, he says, Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. He did not say, I've made a determination to imitate Christ, or I will really make an effort to follow him, but I have been identified with him in his death. It is so freeing that my individuality remains, but my primary motivation for living is completely and radically changed. And it's happening to us because of the power of God in us. Hey, did you know that you can text Jenny and I? And we actually read your text messages and we try to respond as many as we can, but it's just like such a fun way for especially you guys, our podcast fam, to ask questions. We send out ideas and stuff for you guys all the time to vote on. If you want to join, get out your phone. You're going to type the word podcast in the message part to the number 214-225-6267. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Podcast.